Chapter two of Elective Affinities. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Elective Affinities by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Chapter two. Edward was alone in his room. The repetition of the incidents of his life from Charlotte's lips, the representation of their mutual situation, their mutual purposes, had worked him, sensitive as he was, into a very pleasant state of mind while close to her while in her presence he had felt so happy that he had thought out a warm kind but quiet and indefinite epistle which he would send to the captain when however he had settled himself at his writing-table and taken up his friend's letter to read it over once more the sad condition of this excellent man rose again vividly before him the feelings which had been all day distressing him again awoke and it appeared impossible to him to leave one whom he called his friend in such painful embarrassment edward was unaccustomed to deny himself anything the only child and consequently the spoiled child of wealthy parents who had persuaded him into a singular but highly advantageous marriage with a lady far older than himself and again by her petted and indulged in every possible way she seeking to reward his kindness to her by the utmost liberality after her early death his own master travelling independently of every one equal to all contingencies and all changes with desires never excessive but multiple and various free-hearted generous brave at times even noble what was there in the world to cross or thwart him hitherto everything had gone as he desired charlotte had become his he had won her at last with an obstinate a romantic fidelity and now he felt himself for the first time contradicted crossed in his wishes when those wishes were to invite to his home the friend of his youth just as he was longing as it were to throw open his whole heart to him he felt annoyed impatient he took up his pen again and again and as often threw it down again because he could not make up his mind what to write against his wife's wishes he would not go against her expressed desire he could not ill at ease as he was it would have been impossible for him even if he had wished to write a quiet easy letter the most natural thing to do was to put it off in a few words he begged his friend to forgive him for having left his letter unanswered that day he was unable to write circumstantially but shortly he hoped to be able to tell him what he felt at greater length the next day as they were walking to the same spot charlotte took the opportunity of bringing back the conversation to the subject perhaps because she knew that there is no surer way of rooting out any plan or purpose than by often talking it over it was what edward was wishing he expressed himself in his own way kindly and sweetly for although sensitive as he was he flamed up readily although the vehemence with which he desired anything made him pressing and his obstinacy made him impatient his words were so softened by his wish to spare the feelings of those to whom he was speaking that it was impossible not to be charmed even when one most disagreed with him this morning he first contrived to bring charlotte into the happiest humour and then so disarmed her with the graceful turn which she gave to the conversation that she cried out at last you are determined that what i refuse to the husband you will make me grant to the lover at least my dearest she continued i will acknowledge that your wishes and the warmth and sweetness with which you express them have not left me untouched have not left me unmoved you drive me to make a confession till now i too have had a concealment from you i am in exactly the same position with you and i have hitherto been putting the same restraint on my inclination which i have been exhorting you to put on yours glad am i to hear that said edward in the married state a difference of opinion now and then i see is no bad thing we learn something of one another by it 
you are to learn at present then said charlotte that it is with me about ottilie as it is with you about the captain the dear child is most uncomfortable at the school and i am thoroughly uneasy about her luciana my daughter born as she is for the world is there training hourly for the world languages history everything that is taught there she acquires with so much ease that as it were she learns them off at sight she has quick natural gifts and an excellent memory one may almost say she forgets everything and in a moment calls it all back again she distinguishes herself above every one at the school with the freedom of her carriage the grace of her movement and the elegance of her address and with the inborn royalty of nature makes herself the queen of the little circle there the superior of the establishment regards her as a little divinity who under her hands is shaping into excellence and who will do her honour gain her reputation and bring her a large increase of pupils the first pages of this good lady's letters and her monthly notices of progress are for ever hymns about the excellence of such a child which i have to translate into my own prose while her concluding sentences about ottilie are nothing but excuse after excuse attempts at explaining how it can be that a girl in other respects growing up so lovely seems coming to nothing and shows neither capacity nor accomplishment this and the little she has to say besides is no riddle to me because i can see in this dear child the same character as that of her mother who was my own dearest friend who grew up with myself and whose daughter i am certain if i had the care of her education would form into an exquisite creature this however has not fallen in with our plan and as one ought not to be picking and pulling or forever introducing new elements among the conditions of our life i think it better to bear and to conquer as i can even the unpleasant impression that my daughter who knows very well that poor ottilie is entirely dependent upon us does not refrain from flourishing her own successes in her face and so to a certain extent destroys the little good which we have done for her who are well trained enough never to wound others by a parade of their own advantages and who stands so high as not at times to suffer under such a slight in trials like these ottilie's character is growing in strength but since i have clearly known the painfulness of her situation i have been thinking over all possible ways to make some other arrangement every hour i am expecting an answer to my own last letter and then i do not mean to hesitate any more so my dear edward it is with me we have both you see the same sorrows to bear touching both our hearts in the same point let us bear them together since we neither of us can press our own against the other we are strange creatures said edward smiling if we can only put out of sight anything which troubles us we fancy at once we have got rid of it we can give up much in the large and general but to make sacrifices in little things is a demand to which we are rarely equal so it was with my mother as long as i lived with her while a boy and a young man she could not bear to let me be a moment out of her sight if i was out later than usual in my ride some misfortune must have happened to me if i got wet through in a shower a fever was inevitable i travelled i was absent from her altogether and at once i scarcely seemed to belong to her if we look at it closer he continued we are both acting very foolishly very culpably two very noble natures both of which have the closest claims on our affection we are leaving exposed to pain and distress merely to avoid exposing ourselves to a chance of danger if this is not to be called selfish what is you take ottilie let me have the captain and for a short period at least let the trial be made we might venture it said charlotte thoughtfully if the danger were only to ourselves but do you think it prudent to bring ottilie and the captain into a situation where they must necessarily be so closely intimate the captain a man no older than yourself of an age i am not saying this to flatter you when a man becomes first capable of love and first deserving of it and a girl of ottilie's attractiveness 
i cannot conceive how you can rate ottilie so high replied edward i can only explain it to myself by supposing her to have inherited your affection for her mother pretty she is no doubt i remember the captain observing it to me when we came back last year and met her at your aunt's attractive she is she has particularly pretty eyes but i do not know that she made the slightest impression upon me that was quite proper in you said charlotte seeing that i was there and although she is much younger than i the presence of your old friend had so many charms for you that you overlooked the promise of the opening beauty it is one of your ways and that is one reason why it is so pleasant to live with you charlotte openly as she appeared to be speaking was keeping back something nevertheless which was that at the time when edward came first back from abroad she had purposely thrown ottilie in his way to secure if possible so desirable a match for her protege for of herself at that time in connection with edward she never thought at all the captain also had a hint given to him to draw edward's attention to her but the latter who was clinging determinately to his early affection for charlotte looked neither right nor left and was only happy in the feeling that it was at last within his power to obtain for himself the one happiness which he so earnestly desired and which a series of incidents had appeared to have placed for ever beyond his reach they were on the point of descending the new grounds in order to return to the castle when a servant came hastily to meet them and with a laugh on his face called up from below will your grace be pleased to come quickly to the castle the herr mittler has just galloped into the court he shouted to us to go all of us in search of you and we were to ask whether there was need whether there's need he cried after us do you hear but be quick be quick the odd fellow exclaimed edward but has he not come at the right time charlotte tell him there is need grievous need he must alight see his horse taken care of take him into the saloon and let him have some luncheon we shall be with him immediately let us take the nearest way he said to his wife and struck into the path across the churchyard which he usually avoided he was not a little surprised to find here too traces of charlotte's delicate hand sparing as far as possible the old monuments she had contrived to level it and lay it carefully out so as to make it appear a pleasant spot on which the eye and the imagination could equally repose with pleasure the older stones had each their special honour assigned them they were ranged according to their dates along the wall either leaning against it or let into it or however it could be contrived and the string-course of the church was thus variously ornamented edward was singularly affected as he came in upon it through the little wicket he pressed charlotte's hand and tears started into his eyes but these were very soon put to flight by the appearance of their singular visitor this gentleman had declined sitting down in the castle he had ridden straight through the village to the churchyard gate and then halting he called out to his friends are you not making a fool of me is there need really if there is i can stay till midday but don't keep me i have a great deal to do before night since you have taken the trouble to come so far cried edward to him in answer you had better come through the gate we meet at a solemn spot come and see the variety which charlotte has thrown over its sadness inside there called out the rider come i neither on horseback nor in carriage nor on foot these here rest in peace with them i have nothing to do one day i shall be carried in feet foremost i must bear that as i can is it serious i want to know indeed it is cried charlotte right serious for the first time in our married lives we are in a strait and difficulty from which we do not know how to extricate ourselves you do not look as if it were so answered he but i will believe you if you are deceiving me for the future you shall help yourselves follow me quickly my horse will be none the worse for a rest the three speedily found themselves in the saloon together luncheon was brought in and mittler told them what that day he had done and was going to do this eccentric person had in early life been a clergyman and had distinguished himself in his office 
by the never-resting activity with which he contrived to make up and put an end to quarrels quarrels in families and quarrels between neighbours first among the individuals immediately about him and afterward among whole congregations and among the country gentlemen round while he was in the ministry no married couple were allowed to separate and the district courts were untroubled with either cause or process a knowledge of the law he was well aware was necessary to him he gave himself with all his might to the study of it and very soon felt himself a match for the best-trained advocate his circle of activity extended wonderfully and people were on the point of inducing him to move to the residence where he would find opportunities of exercising in the higher circles what he had begun in the lowest when he won a considerable sum of money in a lottery with this he bought himself a small property he let the ground to a tenant and made it the centre of his operations with the fixed determination or rather in accordance with his old customs and inclinations never to enter a house when there was no dispute to make up and no help to be given people who were superstitious about names and about what they imported maintained that it was his being called mittler which drove him to take upon himself this strange employment luncheon was laid on the table and the stranger then solemnly pressed his host not to wait any longer with the disclosure which he had to make immediately after refreshing himself he would be obliged to leave them husband and wife made a circumstantial confession but scarcely had he caught the substance of the matter when he started angrily up from the table rushed out of the saloon and ordered his horse to be saddled instantly either you do not know me you do not understand me he cried or you are sorely mischievous do you call this a quarrel is there any want of help here do you suppose that i am in the world to give advice of all occupations which man can pursue that is the most foolish every man must be his own counsellor and do what he cannot let alone if all go well let him be happy let him enjoy his wisdom and his fortune if it go ill i am at hand to do what i can for him the man who desires to be rid of an evil knows what he wants but the man who desires something better than he has got is stone blind yes yes laugh as you will he is plain blindman's buff perhaps he gets hold of something but the question is what has he got hold of do as you will it is all one invite your friends to you or let them be it is all the same the most prudent plans i have seen miscarry and the most foolish succeed don't split your brains about it and if one way or the other evil comes of what you settle don't fret send for me and you shall be helped till which time i am your humble servant so saying he sprang on his horse without waiting the arrival of the coffee here you see said charlotte the small service a third person can be when things are off their balance between two persons closely connected we are left if possible more confused and more uncertain than we were they would both probably have continued hesitating some time longer had not a letter arrived from the captain in reply to edward's last he had made up his mind to accept one of the situations which had been offered him although it was not in the least up to his mark he was to share the ennui of certain wealthy persons of rank who depended on his ability to dissipate it edward's keen glance saw into the whole thing and he pictured it out in just sharp lines can we endure to think of our friend in such a position he cried you cannot be so cruel charlotte that strange mittler is right after all replied charlotte all such undertakings are ventures what will come of them it is impossible to foresee new elements introduced among us may be fruitful in fortune or in misfortune without our having to take credit to ourselves for one or the other i do not feel myself firm enough to oppose you further let us make the experiment only one thing i will entreat of you that it be only for a short time you must allow me to exert myself more than ever to use all my influence among all my connections to find him some position which will satisfy him in his own way edward poured out the warmest expressions of gratitude 
he hastened with a light happy heart to write off his proposals to his friend charlotte in a postscript was to signify her approbation with her own hand and unite her own kind entreaties with his she wrote with a rapid pen pleasantly and affectionately but yet with a sort of haste which was not usual with her and most unlike herself she disfigured the paper at last with a blot of ink which put her out of temper and which she only made worse with her attempts to wipe it away edward laughed at her about it and as there still room added a second postscript that his friend was to see from this symptom the impatience with which he was expected and measure the speed at which he came to them by the haste in which the letter was written the messenger was gone and edward thought he could not give a more convincing evidence of his gratitude than by insisting again and again that charlotte should at once send for ottilie from the school she said she would think about it and for that evening induced edward to join with her in the enjoyment of a little music charlotte played exceedingly well on the piano edward not quite so well on the flute he had taken a great deal of pains with it at times but he was without the patience without the perseverance which are requisite for the completely successful cultivation of such a talent consequently his part was done unequally some pieces well only perhaps too quickly while with others he hesitated not being quite familiar with them so that for any one else it would have been difficult to have gone through a duet with him but charlotte knew how to manage it she held in or let herself be run away with and fulfilled in this way the double part of a skilful conductor and a prudent housewife who are able always to keep right on the whole although particular passages will now and then fall out of order End of chapter two